Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm so grateful you're here this week. This week we are talking about email marketing and how it can become the ally in your business that actually increases and drives sales better than any other tactic out there. So I recently fell upon this sales study um, that was done by the IRC Sales Solution Group. And I was astounded by the statistics that they had in the study. And the first statistic that kind of blew my mind is that 3% of people, only 3% are ready to purchase when they stumble across you or they've stumbled across somebody that can help them. And so that leaves another 97% that aren't ready to buy. And so I was like, okay, well, what percentage of those people could be potential leads or potential clients? Well, this is where it gets even more interesting. So only 40% of those uh, people that come across have even started looking. They don't know uh, what solutions they want. They don't know what uh, is going to fix their problem. They've just begun the journey of shopping for a a way to fix their problem. And then the other 56%, 56-57%, they haven't even started looking. Their problem isn't bad enough that they even, you know, have a huge awareness of it. They don't know that there's solutions out there and they're just kind of hanging out. So what does this mean for email marketing? Well, this is where it gets really interesting is that um, when you use email marketing, you have the potential to stay in front of those people and stay top of mind. And when they are ready to buy and they are moving towards that three to 4% of people that are ready to buy, you're going to be thought of first because you've stayed top of mind, you stayed kind of um, in their wavelength and they're going to know, hey, um, so-and-so has been talking to me about this for three months, six months, nine months, two years, whatever that might be. So this week's episode, we are going to dive into three specific tactics that are going to help you to stay top of mind and also increase sales um, with your email marketing. So join me as we dive into this super important topic for your small business. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. I escaped corporate to chase my passion a few years back, maybe 20 years. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. They need you, but they can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneurship. So if you have followed the podcast for any length of time, you probably know that I'm a pretty big fan of Donald Miller. He wrote a book called Story Brand. I'll link it in the show notes. It's something that I use with every single one of my clients and my students. Basically, Story Brand is a seven-step framework that is used in any kind of entertainment industry story. So a play, a book, a movie, and they all follow this same framework to success. And if they don't follow the framework, they don't see the the level of success that those that do. Why this is so important for your marketing is that when you follow that framework, it leads your client, your potential client down a specific pathway that puts you 
in into their head basically um, and is just kind of reflecting back to them the things that they're thinking. So one of the things that Donald Miller has said on multiple occasions is that marketing is just an exercise in memorization. And what a great segue for email marketing, because what more could you be doing? Um, what other platform could you possibly be using that would give you the opportunity to get your future customers to memorize who you are and what you do? Email marketing is your opportunity to get in front of strategically and specifically get in front of your ideal clients on a regular basis so that you can tell them about what you do and how you can help them. Now you may be thinking, oh, I can do that on social media, but here's the thing. No matter what platform you're on, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, they actually are the ones that are controlling who you get in front of, whose eyeballs see your stuff. Whereas if you are talking to them in the inbox, you control it. You show up in their inbox. You are the one that knows when you're going to send it out, what you're going to say, when you're going to put it out there, how often you're going to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And not only that, but the most important piece of this, especially with new privacy laws and different things that are happening in the interwebs with these platforms, um, you control your business because if you're leaving it to chance in the hands of LinkedIn or Facebook, God dang it, they change the rules like constantly. And guess who they're changing the rules for? Well, they're changing them for themselves because why would they benefit you? They're not in business to grow your business, they're in business to grow their own. And so when you move people to both your website and your email um, list, you own that real estate, you own that property, and you have the ability to communicate to those people when and where you want to. So with that being said, and knowing some of the statistic that, statistics that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, what are some things that we can do to ensure that people are wanting to see our emails, reading our emails, and also, um, you know, taking action on those emails? Well, first, let me start off with the end. <laughs> so at the end of this episode, you're going to, number three um, tip is going to be talking about analyzing. But I want to start with this because some people have a misnomer about sending emails. They're like, oh, everybody's going to open all my emails all the time. Well, the reality is, is that open rates as an average are around 20%. And so what that means is 80% of your people are not opening your emails. And if we, and that can vary, like it could be 20, this group of 20% this week, this group of 20% this week, a combination the next week. And so you never really know when it's going to hit, but typically people, if they're interested in pursuing a purchase, they're going to become more interested in your emails. So one of the best ways to ensure that you are appearing when they need you is to be consistent with your email. And I had a conversation yesterday with a lady, she was delightful, who um, doesn't have an email list. We had a lot of this conversation on the phone call I had with her. And I said, she said, well, aren't people inundated if you email them every week? And I was like, well, not really, because they can choose whether or not they open your emails. But if you stop showing up, they forget about you. Because as Donald Miller said, marketing is an exercise in memorization. Well, they can't memorize who you are if you're not consistently showing up in their inbox every week or every month. I recommend every week just because there is so much email out there that if you show up once a month, they're going to forget who you are. They're not going to remember who you are, what you do, or you know why they need you. And the chances that they're going to unsubscribe increase dramatically. And so it doesn't have to be this long task. If you're used to sending a monthly email, just break that email into shorter segments and send one segment every week. 
And so um, tip number one is to be consistent. Pick a time that you're going to send your email. Pick a, um, a um, frequency of when you're going to send email. So if that's every week, every two weeks, every day, every three days, whatever that is, pick it and stick to it. And why I recommend once a week is that because one, it keeps you top of mind, but two, it's manageable. Now there are marketers out there that send an email every single day. And there are people that, and they probably do very well with that depending on the topic, but that's a lot of work, especially as a single um, person operation or just a few people in your business. That's a lot of work to send an email every day. And that's a lot of writing and you have to be creative. And so once a week is manageable. But when you're sending those emails, three things to keep important. Number one, or to keep in mind, number one, when you are emailing, you need to remember to deliver some kind of value to them. So don't just dive in with a sales pitch right away and start pitching about how great you are and why your products are so great. Start to deliver value so that you can gain their trust and build the relationship. And then one of the biggest hidden secrets about email that my clients, once they dive into um, using this as a tactic, and it's something that I teach in the Email Breakthrough Academy, is start to create conversations. And you're like, well, how do I create conversations? It's email. They can't talk back. You will be amazed and shocked at how many times if you ask an open-ended question and say, hey, hit reply, how many replies you will get in your inbox. Those replies are invaluable, especially if you're asking questions about future content to create, future products that need to be developed, um, or even just, you know, the opinion of something that's going on in your industry. Because you can take that feedback and you can go back and tweak and um, create new offerings that meet those needs. So creating conversations, building relationships, building trust that can all be done through email. But it's not going to happen if you just show up willy-nilly or consistently pushing your products. Now, I'm not saying don't use email to push your products when you have a promotion, absolutely, you want to promote your offering to your list. Just keep it, keep in mind the rule, um, the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you're delivering value, 20% of the time you're pitching your product. And when you do that, it is enough of a variance that people aren't going to feel like they're consistently being sold to. Now, there's a lot of big guys out there that don't get this right. And so um, they have the pocketbooks, I guess, (laughs) to continue to send those emails and have people to write them. So they probably don't care. But um, I'm, I would be curious at looking at some of those bigger guys that do send daily promotional emails, um, what the return on investment of those emails are. Because as the market becomes saturated, people are more annoyed and then they start to sub- unsubscribe. So really sticking to that 80-20 rule and being consistent and showing up um, at the frequency that you train your subscribers that you will show up and then actually doing that is going to give you a lot more value and um, return on investment when in the long run. Now, as we talk about this, this is something else that I want to mention is that a lot of people just want a quick fix with their marketing. And the days of a quick fix are gone. Like the reality is, is those times have passed. Marketing is a piece of your business that is necessary and the true results from marketing take an investment of your time, or um, if you if you don't want to devote the time yourself, then it takes investing in somebody to help you with your marketing. And 
when you create that investment and you're in it for the long haul and you're not looking for the quick fix or the newest, latest, greatest um, platform, you're going to see bigger results. Um, Even the people like one of the platforms that I've been just kind of experimenting with and looking at lately is TikTok. And I've just barely dipped my toe in the water. And already I can see there are so many people on there that are like, oh, you can make a million dollars in five minutes. And I'm like, the reality is, is that you cannot because people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And long-term relationships develop over time. You don't walk into a restaurant, have a conversation with somebody, and then they're suddenly your best friend or you're getting married to them. It takes time for you to build that relationship, create conversation with them, and build trust. And it's the same with our customers. That happens through consistent connection and consistent conversation and consistently showing up for them saying, hey, I'm here when you need me. So that's number one, be consistent. Number two, now this is something I get a lot of questions about and it's something I cover at depth in my Email Breakthrough Academy, which is opening up in just a couple weeks um, at the time of this recording, but it's to tag and segment your audience. Now there are two different pieces to this and I'm gonna break it down a little bit. And then I've also kind of broken it down in the show notes, which you can find at alisaconnor.com forward slash 132 and you'll see how it's broken down. So when you tag and segment your audience, and we'll go through tagging and segmenting in just a second, so stick with me, um, you are able to then deliver custom content that those people have told you they want into their inbox. And so what does that look like? You're like, what? How How do I deliver custom content without them telling me what they want? Well, the key is to getting them to click on a link that you can then use to tag them with their area of interest. And there are certain ways you can do that. You can create a survey, you can um, have certain links to different freebies that you can tag them with. So for example, right now I have a um, free download that is all about creating your welcome series in your email. Every person that clicks on that or fills out that form and downloads that free guide gets tagged with email marketing in my um, email service provider, which is ConvertKit. So what are the difference between tags and segments? I get this all of the time. And why would you want to use both? So if we look at tags and segments um, and we compare it to going to the bookstore or the library, when you walk into Barnes and Noble or you walk into the library, you see there are different sections in the book in in the bookstore or the library. You've got fiction, you've got nonfiction, you've got um, reference material, and you've got um, historical documents. All of those different pieces, and underneath each of those pieces, you have different types. Well, the headings, the nonfiction, fiction, historical um, reference section, those would be segments. So they're kind of the the, uh, piece that ties all of the other parts together. And then underneath of those segments, you would have, so fiction, you would have mystery, you would have horror, you would have romance, you would have um, fantasy, all of those different types of books. Those are segments. So if we were looking at email marketing, for example, Email marketing would be a segment. The tags under the, and I think I just misspoke, the mystery, horror, and romance would be tags under that segment. 
So if you're looking at email marketing, the email marketing could both be a tag or it could be a segment. So if you're using it as a segment, then things you could put under email marketing would be um, headlines. It could be things like uh, open rates. It could be things like um, increasing click-through rates. It could be things like call to action. All of those things could be tagged underneath that segment, depending on how deep you wanted to get. Now, you may not want to start out that way because that can be um, a little bit cumbersome to create specific content for all of those. But just tagging as email marketing, you can still talk about those those topics and then you can actually tag those people by those topics. So the nice thing about tagging and segmenting in a, in a tool like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign is you can go in and you can edit as you go. And so if you just set up a few tags, for example, for your business, and so if we're going back to the library example, you might set up tags as um, interested in mystery um, fiction or horror fiction or romance fiction, or if they're interested in nonfiction, you would talk about things like um, true crime or biology. Or if they're interested in reference material, you might have medical reference material or dictionaries or Wikipedia or (laughs) whatever that might be in today's world. Does anybody even use encyclopedias anymore? That was one of the things I had as an example. Um, But you could start setting up some of those very frequently used tags in your business. And Ironically enough, those are also probably going to be keywords for you. And so when you're creating content, you want to make sure that you're infiltrating those keywords into the content so that they are searchable. Now let's walk through one more example as a business coach. What would it look like for, or an executive coach, what would it look like for you to have segments and tags? So if you're one of my coaches out there, some of the segments you could have in your business would be growth. And under growth, you could have tags like skill growth, setting goals, decision-making. And then another segment you could have would be about leadership. And so you could have um, tags under that, which would be team building or skill development or organizational um, development or organizational processes. And then another segment you could have could be about resilience. That's a hot topic for executive coaches right now. And you could talk about things under resilience that would be your tags, like emotional resilience or psychological resilience or physical resilience. Those are all pieces. Now you're not limited to those tags, but it gives you an idea of the things that could go under that um, possibility. And then, um, you know, you can talk about each of the separate segments and it makes it much easier for you to also create your, your content, but then you can also test what's resonating with your audience and what isn't. Because if you create a bunch of content on say team building, but nobody's clicking on that content or they're not interested in the free download you've created for team building, then, you know, that's probably not a really hot topic for your audience. So then you try something else because marketing is about testing and evaluating and seeing what's working and seeing what's not working, which immediately leads us to tip number three, which is delivering specific content to a specific person enables you to measure results. Now, nine times out of 10, when I have a conversation with somebody that I am, um, 
talking about working with. They have approached me and they want to work with me. One of the first questions I ask them is, what's happening with your, with your email now? What's your open rate? What's your click-through rate? What's your return on, you know, are people purchasing? What's your purchase rate? What's your unsubscribe rate? And most people just look at me like deer in the headlights. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And so I wanted to just give you a quick breakdown of what those four important metrics are. Um, because the number one way to know whether or not your email marketing or any marketing is working is to measure results. And obviously the biggest result is when somebody purchases. But if you can't track them through a process, you don't know how they got to you and you don't know um, why they purchased versus someone that didn't. So the important metrics, there are four of them when it comes to email marketing to measure are number one, um, your click-through rate. And what that means is that people or I'm sorry, it's your open rate first, <laughs> your open rate. That is, did they open your email? Did they um, open it completely? Did they just read the first couple of sentences in there? Um, or did they, you know, just see it on their phone and not open it? But if they click on it and they open it, it counts for your open rate. And so I started this episode by saying the average open rate across industries is about 20%. It's stayed there. It's grown a little bit since... 2019. I think then it was about 17%. So it's up a little bit. Part of that's COVID. Part of that's just because people are starting to use email more. Um, And then the next important metric to measure is your click-through rate. Now, what that means is you have a link in your email that you want them to click on. And it could be to, for example, go listen to this podcast episode. So if you go and you're on my email list and you get an email from me, I talk about the podcast. I'm like, hey, this is what I talked about this week. Click here to go listen to it or click here to go check out the show notes or click here, whatever it might be. When they click on that, I can then measure the click-through rate and then people know, or then I know, hey, that's resonating. Or I can tag those people and say, hey, this person tagged this thing about email marketing. So they're probably going to be interested when I open my email breakthrough academy, I'm going to send them an email when it opens and let them know, hey, this is available. And then if they click on that email and they open it, then I know I can continue to send them emails about it. So click-through rate is really important because if they're clicking on that link, then they're more than likely interested in what you got. Now, click-through rate percentages are much lower than open rates. Just to prepare you, the average click-through rate is around 2%, between 1% and 2%. And so 1% to 2% of people will click on your link in the email. Now, a lot of my clients have much higher click-through rates because we really work on this and we have some tactics that we talk about in the Email Breakthrough Academy program that will help you... um, improve and increase your open rates, especially over time. So then the third thing that you want to look at is your unsubscribe rate. Now, I talk a lot about unsubscribing. I'm not going to dive into it too deeply today, but it's okay if people unsubscribe. It really is. Wish them well, send them good energy and let them go on their way. Why? Because it's not doing you any favors to have them on your list and not be interested in what you have to say. And it's not doing um, you any favors for them to get your emails in their inbox and delete 
or ignore them because overall that's going to hurt your email reputation and you don't need that. So unsubscribes are actually a favor to you because what it does is it opens up room and opportunity for the people that really need you and really want to work with you. So you want to keep an eye on unsubscribes because if there are certain things that, um, certain times that your unsubscribe rate, unsubscribe rate is increasing, it could be that your audience isn't aligned with what you're saying. And so if you've made a shift intentionally, that's okay. You're going to have people unsubscribe because you're shifting your content. But if you have a lot of people unsubscribe and it's not um, intentional, you probably want to take a look at what you're putting out there and making sure that you are saying it to the right people. And then last but not least, you want to track your actual conversion rate, which is people that have purchased. And so you can do that, um, especially if you have a online program or you have a way um, that you move people forward in the funnel that say like a sales call, or if you have a way to, um, if you're selling a digital product, you can go in and pull the orders. Like these many people came from my list. And so tracking that, that is really the most important metric you can track because if you're spending a bunch of time and energy on something and it's not leading to a sale, stop doing it. Um, so many people spend money on marketing that is just futile and it's not helping their business. And then I ask them like, okay, so you're spending all this money for this, this, and this, like, how's it working? Are you getting sales? And they just, again, deer in the headlights. And they're like, I don't know. If, if the answer is, I don't know, stop, <laughs> evaluate, measure, and then make a decision about that tactic. And that's true for email. That's true for um, social media. That's true for anything you're going, especially ads, things like that, that are costing you money. Um, and specifically for companies like that you've hired. So for example, I have a client that's a realtor and she's hired multiple people that have promised her the moon, including an SEO company. And then when it comes down to actually tracking, hey, are you getting revenue from that? Which is the constant question I have for her. She's again like, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, that's probably an important thing for you to look at, especially if you're spending three to $5,000 a month investing in those people to grow your business. If you don't have direct sales from those investments over a certain amount of time, of course, it takes a little bit of time to ramp up, but you know, whatever that metric is for you. So if it's three months later, then you probably need to evaluate whether or not you want to continue to invest in that tactic. So that was a lot for today's episode for you to absorb. But I do have one more bonus tip for you. And you know, I always leave those till the end. But the bonus of tagging and segmenting and measuring um, in your email marketing is that then you can align your product offering for what is resonating with your audience. So for example, if I have people that are resonating with creating their email series and they want to grow their business through email marketing, I can create something like the Email Breakthrough Academy, which I did. And you have a proven model because you've already had people show that they were interested in a program like that that meets their needs. Instead of just creating a program and going, oh, I hope they all buy it, it rarely works. So that is what I have for you today is um, number one, be consistent. Number two, start tagging and segmenting your audience and then sending them content that aligns with their area of interest. And number three, measure to see what is working. What is your click-through rate? What is your open rate? 
and what is your um, return on investment rate? And then, you know, also are people unsubscribing? And then last but not least, align your product offers and your services with what resonates with your audience. And that will for sure increase your sales. I thank you for tuning in this week. I'm always so grateful when you come and spend time with me and I appreciate you so, so much. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And as you heard me mention in this episode, um, the Email Breakthrough Academy is opening and it's opening very quickly, like in the next couple of weeks. So if you are interested in being notified of when that program opens, I would love for you to head over to alisaconnor.com forward slash E B as in boy, A dash waitlist. So it's EBA for email breakthrough academy dash waitlist. The link and all the links for this episode you can find over on my website at alisaconnor.com forward slash 132. And in the meantime, be well, stay safe, take care, and I will see you next week. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.